Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another enlightening episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. So I'm your host Avik and today we have the incredible Dashama Gordon joining us. So she is a true force of inspiration dedicated to helping humanity access the transformative power of flow flow state and live their best life. So her impact has reached over 100 million souls worldwide and she has been uh, featured on prestigious platforms such as ABC NBC uh, Discovery WSJ and Vogue so it's it's kind of wow so so uh, so Dashma is uh, as a best selling author content or uh, the course creator i would say uh, so dashma like your online courses have have like transformed the lives of over 1 million people through uh, the healing uh, power of flow state yoga and the meditation so it's it's an honor to have you here today with us thank you so nice to be here nice to meet you great great also like uh, like i'd like to mention this to the uh, listeners that uh, her dedication to, uh, to the mission is truly uh, like inspiring so from founding the flow state institute and uh, bright future foundation to spread heading the global 30 day yoga challenge she has created platforms that empower individuals to find purpose and healing through flow state practices so dashma mike uh, one thing is coming to my like uh, like can you can you tell us more about your journey and what led you to this profound work yeah that was definitely what did it you know it's interesting i i do believe that we all have some form of a destiny or like kind of a divine purpose that perhaps is even agreed upon before we're born right but it's interesting as you live and the young as a young child you don't know about it and then you, but like everything that you're experiencing is leading to that that's what i feel so for me uh it started very early because my mother and father were actually in, into yoga and meditation and um but when i was 7 my mother lost her mind and she she became schizophrenic and she never got her mind back and she um so we we ended up living in foster homes And so really early I learned about the power of the mind and how important mental health is but also I had so much trauma from like this experience of losing my mother and everything that came after that I mean it was really like I I look back and I think it was all in divine order right because you have to see it that way like that it was a purpose that the reason that you suffer is not just because there is like god is hating you and you just need to suffer it's literally to strengthen your soul and lead you to your purpose that's what i feel like is the purpose of suffering so in that way i'm grateful because i also acknowledge that i chose to suffer so anyway as i became more aware of this i i was kind of guided to do yoga because when i was I was always doing yoga a little bit but I was also like an athlete. So I was doing a lot of things but yoga was something that always kind of like felt really good to me and but when I was 18 I got in this really traumatic car accident. I was riding my bicycle and a car hit me going 45 miles per hour and the impact gave me scoliosis. So that means that the spine got crooked. And when I went to the doctors they said oh there's nothing you can do. you know you have to just live like this and you can go to the chiropractor so you go to chiropractor one or two times per week and i was doing that like almost two years and it was making like very marginal improvement it wasn't 
helping a lot, but it was like feeling a little tiny better. But I was like, okay, so there has to be a better way. Cause I really always believe like it's possible to heal, but you don't, mm. you know, if you never hear it, even from the doctor, you trust doctors, you think that they know what's best for you. But like in my soul, I knew it wasn't that. I knew that there's a way to heal. So I kept looking. And then when I was 24, it was, uh, I remember I was working like a I had just graduated college. I was working a job, you know, in a sales job, like as a travel nurse recruiter. And basically I got really, really depressed because I knew I was not living my purpose. And I was working so hard. I was working two jobs, one in the day and then one in the night. And every seven days a week, just working, 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 because there was something in me that kept feeling like I got to do all this and it's going to bring me this fulfillment, right? It's going to get me to the success that I'm craving or it's going to bring me happiness, whatever. And I was pushing myself so hard and I got so depressed. And when you hit a very deep level of depression, like it's also goes hand in hand with burnout and exhaustion. You yeah. just, nothing at that point feels good. So then doesn't matter. Even if you did make a million dollars, it wouldn't matter. Or if you had the big house that you were trying to work towards, none of that would matter because you're just so depleted and exhausted that you just like nothing matters. So it really gave me a new perspective because when I was depressed, I literally didn't want to get out of bed for like a year. I had a boyfriend and we were like, we were just, we were not connecting anymore. We had decided to become celibate because in the church they told us we were sinning because we were having sex before marriage so we stopped having sex that also contributed to my depression so basically it was like a number of things compounding exhaustion overworking myself burnout and and then also you know my relationship was getting this problems too so anyway so then i was depressed for like one year and there was a lot of times that i didn't want to get out of bed i was so just low you know you just think what is the point and when you're that exhausted you just think what is the point why do i even why am i alive like what's this yeah. and so i remember my boyfriend used to say dashima think of five things you're grateful for and i would just write them down i'm grateful for my house but like i didn't feel it i couldn't feel anything because i was numb from this total exhaustion mm. so basically then one day i was I asked myself, I said, well, what would I like do? What what could actually bring me some happiness, joy? What could like in this in this world, like even if I didn't get paid for it, even if I had no money, what would actually bring me happiness? And I asked myself that question. And I honestly believe like the quality of your questions that you're asking to yourself determine your destiny. It determines where you end up. And I asked myself some really important questions right then. I said, okay, what would actually bring me happiness? And and when I thought about it, I was like, okay, I'd like to help people. I like to make a difference in people's lives. I like to move my body. I like to exercise. I always liked being outside. So I was thinking of the things that I like, right? So it was like, okay, I got this little list of things. And the only career that I kind of thought fit a little into that was as a as like a fitness trainer so i i went and i got certified to be a fitness trainer but it was interesting because i was still depressed so i started like googling and and it said you know i was googling inner peace because i was like what i really want is to feel peace inside you know and i was googling this was in 2004 five or something. i don't even know like literally like if we use the internet, I don't even know. Nobody was doing the internet hardly in 2004, but anyway, I Googled inner peace. And what came up was actually a yoga teacher training. So I ended up going to this yoga teacher training and it totally changed my life. And it was interesting because I didn't intend to become a yoga teacher. I went there because I just knew that whenever I did yoga, it made me feel good. It made me feel peace and it was very healing. And like everything about it was always good. And so I was like, well, you know, even I'm not going to become a yoga teacher, because in my mind, I thought you could never make a full time career or living out of like teaching yoga. I always saw it like people, you know, they teach for free in the park, you know, kind of thing. And so I didn't see it as a lucrative career choice. But I said, OK, I'm just going to go to the training for my own health and wellness, you know, and then 
we'll see from there. And so basically, once I, I, I literally had the most life changing, I mean, if, if you could say like night and day, it was so night and day, like, within just a few weeks, I was like, like, singing and laughing. And I was like, like part of the training, they required us to like clean the toilets every Saturday for free, like part of the karma yoga, you know, like seva and yoga, they have this thing called karma yoga or seva. It's like where you give your time for free selflessly to help others. Right. And so they put that as part of the requirement. So I was going, I'm like cleaning the toilets and I'm singing Jaya Ganesha. And I'm like literally joyously cleaning a toilet for free and smiling and laughing and singing with the other people that were in my class. And I, and I remember thinking that was a huge turning point because I couldn't even find joy in anything. Like, and then all of a sudden I'm finding joy in like this, the craziest thing. And it was a huge shift. And then once I graduated, I actually um, started teaching right away because I just loved to teach yoga and I love to share it with people. And so I felt so good doing that, that, that it was just like infectious and people would love to, to practice it because they're like, Oh, this is great. So I got like so many clients and I got, and then one of my clients actually ended up uh, helping me launch my YouTube channel. So I was one of the first people on YouTube back in 2006. And that's when I launched the 30, it was like the first ever yoga challenge in the world online. And it was called 30 day yoga challenge. And it went viral and it reached millions of people. And it was really amazing because I didn't even know what viral was. You know, I'm like all these people, but it was, it was overwhelming because I didn't know how to Mm. respond to all these people it was just once again i ended up getting burned out from that because it was like okay now i have this flood of people i've discovered need healing and need my help and i didn't really so there was a number of things that happened along the journey but that's kind of like the the initial starting point of like how it all got started wow that that's that's a lovely journey i would say um thank thank you for sharing this you're welcome and also, like, we are definitely honored to have you on, on the show today. Uh, your wealth of knowledge and passion for transforming lives through uh, flow state practices is truly remarkable. And uh, definitely, we are excited to delve into deep, meaningful, and value-added conversation with you. So uh, before we get deeper into this topic, like, <clears throat> just to understand, like, uh, uh, like, if you can share how flow state yoga specifically supports the healing process uh, for the military veterans and their families who are dealing with the post-traumatic stress disorder, which is we call like PTSD. Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating because like I was saying in the earlier about how your childhood prepares yeah. you for your purpose and your pain prepares you for your purpose. So for me, I actually had a lot of trauma as I was describing because when my mother lost her mind and then all of this stuff happened, I was living in all these different homes. I had a lot of crazy things happen. I mean, like really bad things like sexual violence. I had horrible things happen to me, uh, car accidents. I just had so many crazy things. So I had so much trauma and you know, in those days in the early part, I didn't know what trauma is, right? I'm just acting out my trauma <laughs> with all these like kind of activities right so in high school for example i got arrested for drinking at school and i got you know i got in trouble a lot because I, you know when people are doing things like that it's because they need healing but like people don't know that so they never think oh this person needs healing instead they try to punish a child or, or somebody because they're doing these bad things, but like nobody like inherently means to get arrested. You know what I mean? So it's just like, that's literally just a sign that they need help, but nobody was aware of how to help me, I guess. So anyway, back then it was like, you know, just figuring it out. So, but it was very interesting because I remember in high school, um, actually both of my grandfathers were in the military. So both of my grandfathers were in the World War II. And interestingly, they were obviously they were on the side against Hitler, but um, and they my grandfather was Jewish too. So it was like a whole thing, you know? But basically that already, I think I had a connection to the military, but then it was interesting. So when I was in high school, I had my boyfriend that I was dating at, when I was graduating high school, he, he went into the military. Actually, like almost every one of my friends went to the military because it was like a really interesting option where people can go in there, they get in good shape, like they, and then they get all this like benefits and stuff. So they, they saw it as like a good option. So I would say like 
not all, but maybe 20% of my friends ended up going to the military. So that was interesting. And then later, when I became a yoga teacher, I actually had a lot of clients that were in the military. Even when I first launched the 30 day yoga challenge on YouTube, one of my students on there, his name is Patrick Moore, and he was a reverend, and he was um, in Afghanistan with the military, and he was the he was like the chaplain of the military, and he was getting all of the guys to do yoga with me with my yoga videos from YouTube, oh, wow. and he would message me. He's like, "Oh, you know, I just want to thank you. Like, this is helping everybody. We're over here in the Afghanistan, you know, military, and and it was helping them a lot. So that was like really encouraging. And then later I had like several clients, like one of my videographer, his name was Armand. Armand, he um, was from Colombia, but he basically, he was a, um, he was in the helicopter pilot in the, in the military. And he got shot down from when they were flying to bring some aid to the people that needed it. And they crashed and he damaged his neck and he got really bad PTSD. So he would tell me, like, literally, if he heard, like, a loud noise, he would just jump. And he told me he never sleeps more than two hours in a night. So he was always tired. And and so he was, like, another example. And then, like, for example, I had another client that was in the military. And this young guy, he was he went into the military at 18, and he became a sharpshooter because he was so good at shooting you know, he, they kept promoting him and he became the top. He was like the best in the whole thing. But when you're like 18 and you're like getting paid to kill people, it's very traumatic actually. But they, you know, so it's like, it's a slippery slope, right? Because he was feeling really like good about himself because he was able to shoot the guy in one shot. So there's the side of that that feels like, Hey, I'm good at this. And then the other side is like, but I'm actually killing people every time I do this. So it's like, you know, and then he was in a lot of war situations with a lot of gun shootings for like seven years. And so finally, after seven years, they just they gave him honorable discharge because he was so damaged with trauma. Like he had a bag of prescription medications like this big, like literally like he took all of these every single day probably 50 different ones and it was like this one's to sleep this one's to wake up this one's your anxiety this one's your problems this that the other everything and he had so many so when he came to me you know we did yoga we did meditation we did some stretching and some breathing and even in one session he started to feel really a lot better and he was literally he stayed with it and he ended up he ended up changing his whole life. He actually moved. He, he married a yoga teacher. He moved to Chile and he, you know, he was healing himself, you know, and it, that's what it really takes. You can't expect one day it heals. It's a time thing. You have to have a good, healthy environment that feels safe. And you have to have people around you that love you, that feels safe. And, and also proven practices. And that's what I love about yoga is that the practices are researched by science, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, every university in the world has proven the benefits of yoga and meditation and breathwork for healing, specifically for healing trauma, for healing this PTSD. And it does, it does help. And it it can even like, I don't know if you say like, if someone's like deeply traumatized, if they ever completely have no memory of the trauma. I think it's a little there, but there are techniques that you can do really going into remembering that story, but it reframing it with a new energy and planting new seeds about, about the experience. So instead of it feeling like your life is always in danger, because that's what trauma is about. It's like, feels like you're always in fight or flight. You're always in danger. That's the feeling that you're not safe. And it's very damaging for everything, for your health, for your relationships, even for your finances, because it's just an energy and it's connected to your root chakra, right? So that's the feeling of safety comes from the root. And when you're always feeling in danger, then this also affects everything, your your finances, your ability to connect to people, you know, your home life, everything's affected your family. So I'm just so passionate about this. And, you know, I've done this for, you know, been teaching for 18 years now. So that's why, you know, I had one of my, 
someone from my community applied to come to my yoga teacher training for the Flow State Institute. We offer 200, 300, 500 and a thousand hour yoga teacher training. So we have like a whole bunch of programs, but he wanted to do the training. He said the veterans um, and the military and their spouses can get their tuition paid for by the by the government, basically by the VA and by the Department of Defense if they want to do programs like what I have. So that's when I started thinking, I want to focus on that because I have such a history with this. And that's when I really started focusing on it more. True. Wow. That, that, that's so lovely out there. And uh, in your experience, in your experience, what are some of the common challenges that uh, veterans and their families face when dealing with the PTSD? And how does how does the flow state of yoga can help them overcome those challenges? That's a great question. You know, there's so many challenges. I think it's different for everybody. But I think some common ones is like conflict, right? So everybody has conflict. That's why I actually think a lot of people have PTSD. It's not just veterans. It's just obvious that everyone knows that if you've been in the military or in a war, you probably have PTSD. But actually, a lot of people who didn't go in the military and didn't go in any wars have a lot of PTSD. And so actually, I don't know the, the statistics exactly, but I would say at least 30% of people have PTSD, whether they were in the military or not, right? I'm just going to say that number. That's not based on any research, but I'm just saying because of my experience with people, right? And how do you know if people have PTSD? First of all, let's say, for example, they have like anger issues. You ever known people, they get angry very easily, right? The short circuit, short fuse, right? Or they are easily irritated. Everything bothers them right? They feel um, they don't want to be social, right? There's all these different symptoms, right? And then when it comes to relationships, it's like they don't feel that they can open up or be vulnerable, for example, because it doesn't feel safe. Like nothing ever feels safe when you have PTSD. So all of the things that if you're healthy are just normal, you're like, yeah, I just connect to people, <laughs> PTSD, it's hard for them because then it, or for us also, because I was also very traumatized. But like, you know, when you, when you feel like this person or this situation, this could hurt me. So you create like a barrier around yourself, which is kind of like, okay, I'm safe in this space. So I'm going to put a shield around me. And then if anybody comes even close, if they have anger issues, then they will bark at them, meaning like get angry violent even depends on the level of their consciousness if someone has ptsd but they're a very high level of consciousness then they wouldn't become violent or anything but if they have also combining ptsd with a low level of self-awareness then they will be more likely to become violent or something because they're they're living more in a reactivity and more in a sort of an instinct of just like an animal almost like it's like oh stay away from me i'm gonna bite you kind of thing Whereas when you have a high level of awareness about yourself and about life, then you don't really think, let me hurt this person because I don't feel safe. Instead, you could pause and communicate. I don't feel safe. Yeah. That's really the path to healing is when you can get to a point where you're able to like have the awareness of yourself and your actions and then communicate where you come from to people so that they can understand why you are the way you are instead of just like assuming you know oh this person is not social or this person is whatever and they, people sometimes put you into categories or labels when it's very i think it's very dangerous to put labels on people because everybody's different but also when people like have been traumatized they're not behaving as their true highest self they're more behaving as you know from this hurt inner child or this hurt energy that was traumatized and so they're not coming from the present they're coming from a memory of of the past does that make sense and so how does it play out it plays out in relationship conflict right it can play out in um, even health issues i'm gonna say one of the biggest things so i'm like in san francisco and there's like a siren uh one of the biggest things that i think really affects people with ptsd and not very many people talk about this Mm. is the correlation between PTSD and your health. Yeah. And I'm going to say your health like in all different ways, but specifically your gut health and your mental health and your energy. 
Those three things. And then obviously your gut health and your mental health determine your emotional health. Yes. So everything, right? It's like, so when you've been traumatized and you live, and, and let me just describe for anybody who's not familiar with what is it like to be in trauma, right? To be a PTSD. It's a feeling like everything's constricted because it feels like it needs to brace against the possibility of danger. Mm. Now, some people in the psychological community, they call it fight or flight. Fight or flight is a psychological term, which means that, you know, in the in the ancient times, like in cavemen, we used to be in fight or flight, which means like if a tiger is coming, you need to run or you need to fight. So this is this feeling of fight or flight. Now, that's what I was describing a little bit ago when I was talking about like, like if you have a low self-awareness, you might fight, meaning like you're going to like actually like, want to fight someone. <laughs> but like, you know, flight is where you run away. And so those are the two, in, and there's also this whole science about in psychology about different attachment styles. So like if you have avoidant attachment style, that's like the flight. But if you have the opposite, which is the, um, so there's the healthy attachment, it's called secure attachment. This is in relationship dynamic. So if you have a relationship and you have a secure attachment, it means that you feel safe with this person and you feel like they're not going to leave you. And so you don't have all this abandonment problems, right? So, but people that have this traumas from the past, it affects their relationships dramatically, but also the health. And I, like I said, I think one of the big ones is the gut health. And this is something that I can talk more about, but also in the mental health. So my main focus has been on mental health, but overall the health is just really important to focus on for people that have the PTSD. Wow. Wow, that that's so lovely. That's so lovely. So, um, like I also want to understand, like, are there any specific flow state yoga techniques, uh, that you find particularly beneficial for managing the PTSD symptoms, such as the anxiety, uh, hypervigilance, or sleep disturbances, like this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a whole range. So. It really is a full spectrum approach. That's why I created Flow State Institute, because when I've gone to other yoga trainings or yoga schools, I noticed that they usually have kind of like a one dimensional approach. So they're really focused on the asanas or sometimes they're very focused just on meditation or whatever. Like, you know, some of them like Kundalini, they're really into the Kriyas. So there are certain things each yoga school is all about. So flow state yoga is really a fusion of all of the most powerful lineages combined into one. And it's also incorporating biohacking and more modern technology for healing. So for example, when if someone came to me and they have PTSD, I wouldn't just say do this one meditation because that's only dealing with one level of the mind, right? You have to deal with all the levels. So you're going to do some movement. So that's what the asana is good for. There's also different dancing and shaking practices that can help clear energy and move energy. And then there's meditation. But then there's also breath work that can be very powerful for healing grief, trauma from the heart and from your whole energy. And then also your digestive health. So that's really a powerful and important focus. So getting into that, really looking at it, you can, I even... I'm very medical in this. Like, I feel that everyone should get like a gut test. You mm -hmm. can go to a doctor, they'll test your gut and, and you can see exactly what's in there. And you can see exactly if you have pathogens, parasites, heavy metals, all these things that are inside of us, what they're doing is they're, they're blocking the flow in the very simplest way, but to say it, but, but basically beyond blocking the flow, it's, it's like weighing your energy down and blocking your body's ability to release the happiness hormones, which are dopamine, serotonin, and all of these healthy happiness hormones. Those come from the gut. And if your gut is toxic, you're not releasing those happiness hormones. So this is a big part of why a lot of people are depressed or, you know, don't feel well and have all this anxiety and everything and self-doubt self-confidence issues is because of a lot of times it's the gut health yeah. and so healing that is like equally important to healing your mind so some people just focus on the mind and some people just focus on their physical health but those two go hand in hand and then really working with the emotional intelligence so emotional intelligence is really understanding 
how do I feel and why do I feel this way, right? So if you sit with yourself and you just ask yourself right now, like, okay, take a deep breath. <sighs> now, how do you really feel? Like on a scale of one to 10, hmm. if 10 was like euphoric bliss and enlightenment and zero is like, you want to die, right? There's this book and there's some, everything in between. Like, where are you at on the scale? Do you want to say it? You don't have to say it if you don't want to. But basically, this is a question that everyone should ask themselves every day, right? Because then you get a barometer of, okay, how do I really feel? And then from that understanding, you know, okay, I need to work on things. So that's when you have more introspection, journaling, and and like actually even working with a coach is super powerful. So we have like hundreds or even thousands of coaches that I've certified around the world. So you can work with coaches, you can work with teachers, you can go to classes, workshops, retreats, whatever you're ready for. You know, there's so many different steps along the ladder to healing. And I always feel that whenever they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So you got to start because it's not an overnight healing with this type of thing, but it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, that's that's definitely definitely it's not a one day job or maybe it's overnight thing. Definitely, as we mentioned, uh, but it works for sure, for sure it works. So, yeah. um, uh, also I'd like to understand like how does the mind body connection play a role in healing process facilitated by flow state yoga? The mind body connection playing the role in the healing. Yeah. Okay, so I wrote about this in one of my first books, which is called Journey to Joyful. And actually, I'm really excited. We're getting ready to release the updated version. I wrote this book in 2009, and I'm going to be releasing the updated version. And so it'll be it'll be available probably in the next six months or something. I, it's, I don't have a date set for the release. But anyway, in that book, I talked about this, which is very specifically the connection. Uh, we call it psychosomatic. So psychosomatic, psycho is the mind, somatic is the body. So somatic is how you feel and the mind is what you think. So it's a it's psychosomatic connection means the connection between how you think and how you feel, right? And And so... People in the Western world, and I think you come from the East, which is a culture that's much more open to understanding that the energy is like more important than the physical, right? In that sense, because that's a spiritual approach to life. So when you realize that, you're know, like, okay, let's say you're feeling sick, okay? Or let's say you're having a lot of digestive problems. We'll just say like specific, something specific. You're having digestive problems. This is actually, I found out statistically, over 70 to 80%. I think it's more than 90% of humans on Earth, or especially in America, have digestive problems, mm. which is insane. I don't know if it's the same in India. Do you ever hear statistics about that? Uh, not exactly, but yeah, here also it happens. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is, I think, so you have to look at it, right? Why is everybody having this problem? Well, there's a couple of things. So, so there's a physical environment in the gut, right? That's like you're called your microbiome. Your microbiome is like influenced by your whole life. So let's say when you were three or like for me, when I was seven and I had this huge trauma. And so whatever was happening at that time, that trauma was in my energy really, really strong. And so it, it affected the development of everything, including my microbiome and my gut. And then I got really sick from the stress and from the trauma, and I ended up getting put on a lot of antibiotics, you know, because that's what they do. I don't know if they do that. Do they do that in India where they get you, a, they put you on antibiotics for everything? Do they do that there? Not on everything, but yes, antibiotics have uh, been uh, given uh, for in serious cases or maybe in fast healing cases, yeah. Yeah, because in India, they also have Ayurveda and Ayurveda is like a better approach because they don't do so much the antibiotics. What happens when you take antibiotics is that it actually kills all of the good little guys in the gut. It yes. kills them. And then if you don't know how to ha like rebuild that nice little environment, you get more susceptible to getting more problems later on. Right. And then it just keeps happening and happening. And over time let's say 10 years, even less or more, but like over time, you develop an, an inability to 
processed food properly. So people, that's why everybody's always bloated. You know, like you can't digest it properly. You can't have the nutrition from the food. All of these are coming from this trauma from the childhood or from whenever it was. Could have been when you were in the war as a, as a military. But basically you have a trauma, it's stored inside of you and then it's causing this health problem. 30 years later, you can still be suffering because of this seven years old getting in a, whatever experience that you had and then that stayed in your gut. And then now this tightness, this like fear, this feeling like I'm not safe is stuck there, right? And so that's like the connection, the psychosomatic. The mind is not thinking I'm not safe. You might be sitting there at a cafe enjoying your lunch with your family or something. You're not thinking I'm not safe. But in the field of your energy, it got stuck there. The, the memory and the emotion attached to that memory gets stuck in the gut. And that is how the psychosomatic connection works. Here's another example. For example, when let's say you have neck pain, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have shoulder pain, neck pain, back pain. All this pain, every single thing you have as pain is a message. Okay, so it's your soul telling you, you need to focus and heal this thing, right? But it's not just like, heal my shoulder. There's something connected to the shoulder energy, right? So the shoulder is next to the heart. It's also next to the throat. So it's a connection between your heart and your voice, right? So there's like a, if you have neck and shoulder pain, it's a message about, this energy right so it's not just like arbitrary like oh i have this pain in my shoulder it's actually okay what is it what is it telling me what it's speaking to me what is the message of this experience what is the message of this pain specifically and then when you hear it like for example let's say i had this client one time her neck was always hurting and it was crazy because she was so rich and she didn't have to work or anything her husband was very, very very wealthy and, and I was like, why are you always have this neck pain? And she showed me, she was carrying a purse that was so heavy. She put like 50 pounds of stuff in one purse and she always carried it on this one shoulder. So that was one part of the problem. The other thing is the way she was sleeping, right? In the, in the bed was giving her a neck problem. But those two things were not the, the full story. The full story was the fact that she felt the weight of the world on her shoulders. This was the real message. She was feeling burdened by life because she, even though didn't have to work, she spent her whole life managing their house. Their house, it was like every day there was like somebody coming to fix this or do this or the, you know, the lawn people or the this or that. It was like a full-time job of stress managing this mansion that they lived in. And it was interesting because a lot of people assume that rich people are like just living in bliss. But most of them are like more stressed out than everyone else. Not all of them, but some of them. Anyway, so we were doing yoga together. This is about 15 years ago. I would go to her house and we'd do yoga every day. And, And I finally helped her to see that it wasn't just the purse, although she needed to change that behavior. And it wasn't just the pillow, but she also changed that. And she did yoga to heal it. But what she really had to see was this stress was why all of this happened. See? And that that right. life circumstances met her exactly where she needed to be met in order to get that message. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, great, great. And and uh, I, I was really uh, uh I would say I'm really feeling great uh learning this thing from you as well for sure. Um also like are there any research studies or uh, the scientific evidence that support the effectiveness of flow state yoga in aiding the uh, recovery from the PTSD? Absolutely. Well, okay. First of all, let me kind of explain flow state yoga. So flow state yoga is, like I said, a combination of lineages. So there's been research about many styles of yoga, but usually when they do research about yoga Mm -hmm. most of the time they are researching yoga as a general like practice right so they'll be like okay we put these kids in they had to do meditation Mm -hmm. every day and then we studied them and we we got this result and that's how they created the research so when they study yoga as a research 
they don't necessarily focus on one style or a different style. They just call it yoga, right? And that's the interesting thing because not all yoga is the same, right? You could go to one class and it can heal your whole life. And you can go to another class and you can leave injured. And this is very real. You know, you have to see. So not all yoga is is the same. But if yoga is taught in a health and healthy, safe way, then generally, no matter how it's being taught, it's going to be beneficial. Now, what I've learned is when you combine certain practices, that's when you get more rapid results. You get more expedited healing. And also some very specific practices can help you to heal faster. So it's one thing if you just go, okay, I'm just going to do yoga. I'm going to go to my local yoga studio every day. And um, that could be great. But if you know that there are very specific meditations, very specific breathwork practices that are going to help you heal the PTSD faster, then you would want to do that route, right? Because the other route is kind of shooting in the dark, and the other one is very clear target. See? So both of them will help, but one's going to get you to your goal faster and with more more direct result. The other one's going to be like maybe 50 years. You know, some people, I, I meet people, they've been doing yoga for 50 years. They're still all messed up. And I'm like, what is going on with your yoga practice? Because... You could say you're doing yoga or meditating, but if you really observe someone and they're meditating or doing yoga, but they're actually not, then you realize it's not about the quantity of time or even the hours that you put in as much as the quality of the experience. You could do five minutes of a very targeted, specific practice, and it would be much more result for you than five hours of something that's not right. So I'm all about efficiency because I have a lot of things to do. So basically I don't have time for like wasting. So I always think where's the most direct path? Where is the path to healing? And what is the most efficient way to do that? And so that's important for people to understand because when you're thinking about like, oh, what is this yoga or this yoga? Yoga is all good in a sense, right? Some of it's different, but it's all good. But it's like, because the intention is to heal. The intention is for people to become one and to become whole. So that is always a good, no matter what, yoga is going to be positive for that reason. But there are some paths that will get you to your results better and faster. So that's really what the Flow State Institute is all about. We really focus on, you know, just being the most direct path to clear your energy of any blocks. And that's where I developed this idea of flow state. Because when you're in flow, it feels like there's no blocks to your energy. Like you were just one with the universe and you're feeling this connectedness to everything. And in that you feel joy, you feel happiness, you feel euphoria even, you know, you feel gratitude for life. You feel, you know, contentment. Even if you don't have anything, you feel like life is great, you know. And so it's like a very beautiful thing. I feel like everyone should experience flow state. And when most people have experienced it, even if it's just for one second or one minute, but once you've experienced it for even a short time, it's very alluring to want to stretch that a little more, right? So if you've done it for a minute, you want to see if you can get it for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. And once you've been living in flow, then when you're out of flow, it becomes very obvious, And your whole energy knows that the priority needs to be getting back to flow because it's in flow that you have all the good things. You have great health, your happiness, your relationships, things are going well for you financially, opportunities come to you and you just say, wow, actually like life is great. You know, thank you, God, everything is beautiful. But on the other side where you have a lot of blocks and conflict and all the other side, right? That's where you're like, wow, life is struggle. And both of those are true. It just depends on what frame of mind that you're coming from, what energy you're coming from. True. Does that make sense? That's that's exactly true, I'd say. So what resources or the programs does the uh, Flow State Institute and the Bright Future Foundation offer specially for the military veterans and their families um, to access the Flow State Yoga and support the mental wellness? We have a few different programs. 
what I'm really excited about is we're, we're, we're finalizing our partnership. One will be with the Department of Defense. This is predominantly for the U.S. military. So I don't know if, um, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily, although if you have any connections in the Indian military, maybe they have a similar program. But in the U.S., we have uh, very specific programs for the military. So I'm just in the process of getting the, the final approvals where Flow State Institute will be able to offer our training program, our certification program, which is 100% online and includes the starting program is 200 hours. That's the first level to get certified to be a yoga teacher. So it's 200 hours online. You have both pre-recorded videos, audios, ebooks, and also live sessions on Zoom. And we talk about a lot of different topics, different guest experts come in and teach. And it's a it's a certification. So you go through this journey where you heal yourself and you learn how to heal others too. So that when you graduate, you are now equipped not only with a new career, a certification, all of these skills to continue to practice, to continue to heal yourself and your family and your community. But now you could create a whole career out of it. We even have a business training that allows people to learn how to lead retreats, how to create online courses, create social media, create a brand and a business that's based on their mission and their vision for their life and to do it with purpose and to do it with guidance. And that was one thing that I always wished that I had in the beginning. Like nobody really knew what they were doing back in the beginning. <laughs> and so it took me a lot of years to figure it out. But that's why I created the business training because I have actually a degree in communication and business. And I learned that a lot of my graduates did not know how to do business. And so I started to teach them and they got really phenomenal results. So some of our graduates have opened their own yoga studios, have led sold out retreats around the world. They have online courses. They've been featured on the covers of magazines, gotten brand sponsorships. Lots of really cool things are available for people and they, they just need the right guidance on how to create that kind of career if they want to. But one of the things that's so exciting is, is my vision is that the military and their families, their spouses, everybody is going to benefit from this first and foremost from the healing, right? Because if you can heal the PTSD in their family, that's going to change the trajectory of their entire life, exactly. right? It's like, it's a game changer. But also every person that we heal can become like, it's like the ripple effect, right? It's like this little wave creates ripples out so then we heal everyone that way that's how we start so that's one of my main focuses is to certify teachers so that even if they don't want to make it a full-time career but they can but if they don't then they could still keep practicing and they can still do it with their family and their friends and their community and make this a way of bringing community together, make this a way of connecting with other people and healing together. And this is where real healing comes from is, is when you can do it with others, when you don't have to feel like you're alone, you don't have to feel like you're suffering alone and there's nobody that understands you. The truth is there's literally billions of people that have the same issue. So like, if you ever feel like nobody understands me, no, that's not true. Everybody's suffering. So it's a matter of people that are willing and open to connect. And there are lots of people that want to connect, that want to heal, that want to come together. So my vision is that all the military is like doing this, they get trained, they get certified, and then they're teaching it in their community. They're doing it together with their family. They're healing, they're healing their communities. They're doing everything and they're creating their beautiful dream life according to their own vision of what that feels like and looks like. And that's a ripple effect that we're gonna create around America, especially, but around the world. And what we're able to do once we get the final approval is that the Department of Defense, the U.S. Department of Defense, and also the VA, the Veterans Administration, they have education stipend so that the military and their families can actually get the training paid for completely by the VA or by the Department of Defense. And so that's the exciting thing because Although it's not like astronomical in price, but, you know, it's nice if they could get it paid for. But if if anybody's listening and you want to do the program, you're more than welcome to apply. You can come to the website flowstate.yoga 
But the main thing is, you know, if you do, if you are in the military, if you have any family members in the military, or if you have any, um, you know, that's the really cool thing about it. You could have had a grandfather in the military and you could use his education stipend if he didn't use it. It has to be within the last 15 years that he was in the military, but that's it. So within 15 years, you right. can ask them to transform or transfer the, the, the benefit the education funding to you. So it could be for the grandchild, the wife, the sister, daughter, anything can get that if they don't want to use it. But if they want to use it, then they can use it. But anyway, we want everybody to have access to this. That's one of the things that my heart is so clear about, that I want everybody to have access to this healing. And that's why I wanted to go in this way to be able to make it very easy for people that they don't even need to pay. They can actually get the military to cover the cost for them completely. And all they have to do is show up. And that's one of the things I love is like military people are very disciplined. You know, that's a one secret to all success is if you can show up and do the work. And that's one thing the military is good at. So I'm like, they're like the dream student. Right. Because they will show up and do the work. That's one thing that they got trained with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, like what do you what do you envision um, the future of flow state yoga and its role in supporting the mental health and uh, well-being of military veterans and their families? Well, I have a huge vision. Like I am a super visionary person, even as a kid. <laughs> like I have this like crazy overactive vision mind but um so basically my vision is you know one of the things that got me excited was that this idea that first of all a lot of the issues that people come out of the military from with ptsd but also they have this feeling of isolation because when they were in the military they had a community their community was their other military friends and the families and all of a sudden now they're like civilians right now they're living amongst everyone else but they don't feel like everyone else they just went through this crazy thing no one can understand it and they're like i'm an alien in this planet right what do i do and so it's like that's actually one of the other big problems that the military and their families face is feelings of isolation especially because they move so much so feelings of isolation and lack of community they leave the community and now they have this feeling of they have nothing and so it's like compounding on top of the trauma right they're like okay i'm already traumatized now i have no community so one thing that i love about yoga is that it's such a beautiful opportunity to create community that people can literally create that in their own community wherever they live they can put classes workshops retreats events and and bring people together and say hey guys you know let's heal together and it's a way to unify and the word yoga you know actually translates from sanskrit to mean to yoke so it's like to make whole to become one and so for me the oneness is is the only truth like we are all one but like the more that we can come together that's really where the healing takes place. It's knowing that I'm not alone. You're not alone. We can support each other. And that feeling of support, it starts to rebuild that feeling of lack of safety, lack, lack of security, that like fear. It starts to replace the fear with hope and then with like safety, feeling like belonging, feeling like Life is good, you know, and everything starts moving in that direction. And that's how you heal as well. Is It's not just by doing a bunch of breath work, but also that and combining it with connection, connection to people, connection to your own soul, to yourself, to your breath, to the present moment, to the mother earth to going outside connect with nature connecting with your your food when you eat it so it digests properly like there's so much to do in this realm of connection and this is really one of the most important probably components of healing perhaps out of everything is this energy of connection it's feeling that i'm not an isolated like thing right over here like alien in this planet but i'm actually one with everybody and how can we come together and how can I use my energy to heal and to bring light into the world, bring light into the darkness? How can I be a torchbearer, a beacon of hope for humanity? And the more that people step into that energy, the more 
that all the traumas and everything starts to kind of heal because then also moving into the the feeling and the energy of purpose, purpose driven passion. And when the people feeling in their purpose in the yoga tradition, they call it Dharma. It, you know, Dharma is a Sanskrit word, but it's like you're feeling like you're doing what you came here to do. And it starts to help make sense of the past. Because sometimes, like, when you think about your past, you're like, why did I have to go through all that? But when you look at it, and you say, ah, I can see why I needed to go through all that. It was preparing you to be the great soul that you're meant to be here on earth so that you can heal people, so that you can help those who are suffering and that you can lead them from the darkness to the light. Wow. That that's so lovely. So before before we uh, wrap up, like lastly, what message or advice would you like to share with our audience, uh, particularly who those who may be struggling with PTSD or supporting a loved one dealing with? I think the first step. You know, it's interesting. I heard someone say the other day about a veteran it was actually a veteran and he said one thing that if you if you talk to a veteran a lot of people will say hey thank you for your service and they hear this a lot and then he said but you should say the second part which is is there anything i can do to help you right because these people gave their whole life for the country and then it's like who's giving to them, right? So this feeling of thank you for your service. Now, what can I do to help you? Now, in that moment, if you do have people around you that weren't like have PTSD, whether they were in the military or not, it's it's really a beautiful and important step is to truly care. Like be like, how can I help you? And listen to them and, and help them to find the solutions, find the healing, find the flow state, help them to go in that direction because most of the time they just don't know where to go, what to do, where to begin. And so it can feel very hopeless. And in hopelessness, you're going down the spiral towards depression, right? But when you start feeling hopeful, that's when you're spiraling up towards passion-driven purpose, right? So you got to have that hope. And that hope is going to come from somebody caring, and somebody being able to open their heart and listen and give you a hug. So if you have someone in your life that's suffering, like maybe they don't even say anything. That's the main thing. Most people that suffer are not saying anything. They're not speaking about it. They're not telling everyone. They're just suffering in silence. This is why it sometimes leads to the worst case scenario, homelessness, suicide, drug, alcohol addictions, all sorts of things. Because when people suffer in silence and they don't feel that they even have anyone that they could share this with because they don't feel safe to even share it, right? That they suffer in silence and then they sit there and then it just goes spiraling down. Mm. So the way to help people is the starting is asking, how are you? Is there anything I can truly how are you? Not just, how are you? Like some people are like, hi, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, even if you're not good, you'll say I'm good just because it's part of that whole script that we all agreed on. Of, how are you? I'm good. But it's like, okay, how are you really? You want to really know? Okay. I'm suffering. Okay. Like let's hear about it. I want to hear and I want to help. And I know some solution. That's why I'm so passionate about doing like podcasts right now. I want to share as much as I can to as many people as I can, because the more people that know that solutions exist, then we're going to heal them, right? If they don't even know, you could be sitting there. Not everybody has the idea of Google inner peace like I had, right? That was a very unusual idea. But like not everybody even knows how to find help, right? They just suffer. And then they're like, why am I suffering? And it's like, okay, well, the first step of getting out of that is like actually having somebody show you a good direction you could move towards. And you say, oh, then you start to see there's hope. And that energy of hope is the energy of God showing you this is the direction. Step this way. This is going to lead you to your healing. It's going to lead you to your community. It's going to lead you to that wholeness, that fulfillment, that community of connection. And it's going to lead you to your purpose-driven passion. And all of that can be born out of this really difficult, challenging mud You know, in the yoga tradition, they use the symbol of the lotus flower, which symbolizes like enlightenment and the blossoming of consciousness. Right. But the lotus flower actually 
goes through a very difficult journey to become so beautiful. It literally, like, it's got a, they put the lotus bulb in a muddy pond full of muck. There's like worms in there. There's like worst case scenario. Who knows what's in there? You can't even see it's so black. And you don't know what's going on in the mud, but they put the lotus flower seed, they call it a bulb, in there. And then nothing happens. Like you, you don't you don't see a flower come up for like months and months. And some people would think like, oh it died. Like oh no, the whole thing died. But it didn't die. You know what it is? The the actual seed is fertilized and nourished by the darkness, by the dirt, by the muck, by the challenges, by the struggle. <laughs> That's what makes it strong. That's what purifies it. That's when it shoots up out of the out of the pond and becomes this like magical display of God's splendor. And everybody's like, wow, those flowers are so pretty. Like they just see the after effect, like, wow, what a beautiful flower. It doesn't, they don't know what went on underneath to get there. Right. So this is like my, one of my favorite metaphors for life. You know, those who have struggled the most have usually forged their character through the fire and that forging, it's like when you take the iron and you put it in the fire and it becomes gold, right? It's like that aspect of transformation to go from one thing to a totally different thing and that's called alchemy so you can alchemize all of your suffering and all of your pain into purpose into love into healing into creating something beautiful for the world and so that's the way that's my vision is that we would do that together it doesn't only have to be military of course we had thousands of millions of people come to my programs online and 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 also not millions but you know a lot of people have come to my live programs but online especially many normal people too not not just the militaries and their families so i just wanted to emphasize for the military and the family because for them we are uh creating ways for them to get this paid for to really give back you know because they gave their life for this for this country so i want to set it up so they don't have to you know sacrifice more just to heal themselves right so that's why they do have this funding available for them it's because the government recognizes okay we traumatize these people like we got to help them heal themselves too now so it's like a whole circle of life but basically that's what i'm passionate about right now we also working with the school systems and the children and the teachers in schools and i have a huge initiative that's launching i'm super excited it's called my my foundation is called bright future foundation we're getting ready to launch in the next couple of days brightfuture.org Everybody go check it out. It's a beautiful online shop where you can buy like amazing stuff like lotus flower tea and like amazing clothes and everything like jewelry. But we're going to have this like specifically these meditation bracelets. And these are kind of like a mala, but it's a smaller version, right? It's just a bracelet. So they usually have about 16 to 18 beads. And there's a when you, when you buy the bracelet, you're going to get a, a QR code that will show you a meditation and you're going to be shown how to do the breath work practice. So each bead is a breath and you're going to practice this at least one, two, three, even 10 times a day, however many. It's only like a minute. It's not a long practice, but it's a way to continuously check in with the present moment with your breath clearing any emotional energy that might be stuck and start to really gain mastery of your mind, body, and emotions and create more self-awareness and presence in your life. And that will lead to more, more contentment, more joy, more relationship, connectivity, happiness, health, harmony, abundance, prosperity, fulfillment, all the good things I really believe come from first and foremost, self-awareness. Secondly, healing yourself doing the work, and thirdly, service to humanity, taking that and sharing it with as many people as you can around you, around the world, at whatever capacity that you feel capable, and making this like a huge ripple that just sends waves of hope, happiness, healing around the world, and that you can finish your life at the end and feel like I have fulfilled my purpose here. Thank you. Wow, so lovely. Yeah. So uh, as uh, as we reach at the end of this purposeful or the powerful episode, we want to express our deepest gratitude to Dashma for uh, for joining us and shedding light on uh, the healing power of the flow state yoga and for the military veterans and for the families as well. Um, so thank you so much, Dashma. And also the stories and the insights shared today 
remind us of the profound impact that flow state yoga can have on the journey uh, to recovery and healing. So it provides a safe space, fosters the connection and empowers individuals to find peace within themselves. So we encourage our listeners to explore the resources provided by the Flow State Institute and the Bright Future Foundation as they are dedicated to serving purpose-driven corporate coaches, wellness professionals, and the military community. So together, we can support those who have sacrificed so much for our country. So uh, thank you, Dashma, for, uh, for your commitment compassion and the transformative work you do so we are grateful for your presence and the valuable insights that you have shared with us today so uh and and, and to the listeners also like we hope this episode has shed light on the power of flow state yoga in supporting the healing journey of military veterans and their families so remember that there is a hope and uh, there are resources available to aid in recovery so thank you for tuning into this episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. Uh, do not forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with others who may benefit from the insights we have shared today. So until next time, take care and keep nurturing your mind and well-being. So thank you so much. Thank you.